Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Oilers Now, 105 in Edmonton. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. 630 Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. They now sell supplies for all brands of printers at big savings. Digitexsupplies.ca Some guests and orders now. Receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. Uh, you can reach us on our text line. We'll get to some texts at about 120 on our Westlock 4 text line at 630-630. Go down and see Paul Olson at Westlock 4. Check out their great selection today at westlock4.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at Oilers Now. Uh, so just some notes here for you uh, on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Todd McClellan just saying right now that Andre Secra has tweaked his repaired uh, knee and they're shutting him down for the rest of the year. Johan uh, Ovitu is uh, Jim Matheson saying his uh, bruised foot took the shot. Uh, and, and as we already mentioned, we expect Keegan Lowe to be a recall. He's been recalled multiple times here. Let's bring aboard Al May on our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline from NBC Washington. Al, welcome back to Oilers Now. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Yeah, well, thanks for doing the show. Uh, I'm not doing great because the reality of the situation is uh, sitting in for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Conversely, the wa- here, here's what's interesting, Al. At the start of the year, people had great expectations of Edmonton, and they have clearly failed to fulfill those expectations. And maybe they were unrealistic. And you know what? It's a lesson moving forward. Because, you know, as an Oilers broadcaster, I was one of those guys. I mean, who am I to second-guess the multitude of media personalities who had the Oilers as a uh, consensus Stanley Cup favorite? Conversely, the Washington Capitals were not seen as being uh, a a favorite. And lo and behold, there they are. They've won their division again. So uh, perhaps a comment from you on on both. Because I'm trying to recall, were you a guy that saw Edmonton as a legitimate Stanley Cup favorite in the offseason? I, I saw them as a legit team to, to, to once again have a great season like they did before, be 100-plus points. I'm not sure that I saw them being a Stanley Cup champ yet, but I saw them having a great season, making it back to the playoffs, McDavid lighting it up, which he has done. Uh, but that was before we saw, and I, I've expressed this before, yes. so the rule changes and the rule enforcement that we had in October and November that I felt decimated the Oilers and the, their style of play that was so successful the year before. 
And uh, I, I'm still somewhat in shock. But you know what? When you break the roster down with what they've gone through, the roster isn't what's needed to compete in the National Hockey League right this right at this time at this level of play. Uh, it, it's the it's the wrong roster and has to be tweaked. Well, it's interesting. Uh, El Paso, you know, the Oilers have had a their power play is bad. It's thirty first in the NHL. It doesn't get any worse than that. They've also had fewer power play since the league has gone to an eighty two game schedule. No team has had fewer than two hundred and ten power plays. The Oilers have two games left in the regular season. L, they are under two hundred and ten power plays, and they have McDavid who. Uh, you know, on a per game basis, is probably second to Matthew Kachuk in terms of drawing penalties, and that's a joke in itself. But there's an illustration. You talk about the configuration of the roster, and they have this big, heavy team. They got a defenseman like Larson that leans on guys. He's been called lots. They've been shorthanded. Their special teams haven't been good enough. It's an interesting point you make about the way the game's managed today, maybe being a bit of a factor that uh, challenged Edmonton. Well, if you're playing a slow game, too, because you're, you're worried about taking penalties and, and your style of play physically, that, that's going to keep you from getting on the board as far as the penalty box. I'm no surprise that McDavid draws as many penalties as he does, and I know Dreisaitl's got to be up there when he's playing the offensive game that he can where he's always on the wall with the puck, you know, using defenders to, to shield the puck with and, you know, takes a lot of hook and hold to, to try to corral a guy like that, but... When you look at the rest of the roster, they're just not playing fast. The D doesn't look quick, and that's not to pick on anyone. I just think in the entire, you know, group of defensemen, there's really not a fleet-footed guy back there. When you when you look at all of them, and guys that you know, they've got to play a careful positional type of game, and I think that comes with the lack of power plays, and then the way they were built to play a physical brand of muck and grind type of hockey. Uh, you know, the way that was played, I think from last year to this year, everything they did last year would have been a penalty this year. And uh, no one saw this coming. I, I'm in shock that the way the league went about it in October and November. And uh, they've lightened up some, but we saw a lot of teams just taken right out of it early. And how important is it to have good starts? I mean, you're a former player in the league. You get some negative energy going early in the year. Sometimes it's a challenge to ever get it back. Yeah, well, you look, just look at teams that go and they, they come out gangbusters at the start of the year and, when, say, win 10 of their first 12. You know, that will carry them through a, a bad January, a bad February, where they're maybe tired, maybe banged up, and then they get their players back and their confidence back, and, you know, they squeak into the playoffs. So it's always so hard to chase from behind. And uh, we've seen very few teams be able to do it when they have, when they have a really bad start. Uh, not many have been able to get in on that last weekend of the season, so... It's always better to, you know, you need to go 500 and be bad at, and say 500 is bad at the start of the year rather than being a team that's 2-12. and 12. So that definitely is very important about, you know, being solid at the start of the season, you know, battling your way just to be 50-50 will help you in the long run. Well, just to further illustrate that point, Al May joining us out of NBC Washington. Last year, Edmonton started 7-1 and one and finished 12-2. and two. So that's 19-3, and three, okay? And the Edmonton Oilers, by the way, folks, were forty-seven and twenty-six last year, nine. So, what's that? Twenty-eight, twenty-three, and nine in the mid part of the season. All right, Al. We talked about Edmonton, Washington. Why were they a surprise? Were I mean they are they, they got to be considered a surprise, don't you think, to have won the division? Well, absolutely. They lost seven players, six of which would play every single night because they lost the. 
you know, they had, they had three defensemen. Alzler was out of here. Shattenkirk, who was a rental. Uh, Nate Schmidt, who was a, a, a 6'7 here for years, who went on to bigger and better things with Vegas. They lost those. They lost some good forward up front guys that were important to the squad. Daniel Winnick was really important on the penalty kill. So was Marcus Johansson, who was also maybe the most effective power play player and guys that did more for the uh, guy that did more for the power play. Justin Williams and his 20 plus goals. You, you look at losing all those players, and no one in their right mind would have thought that this team, you know, would win the Metropolitan Division. Let alone, I think a lot of people had them not making the playoffs, or if they were, it was going to be as an eighth seed. And uh, I think the big, I feel the big reason is Alex Ovechkin's dedication to training a different way during the offseason, to get ready for a fast type of uh, style of play, a more mobile style of play, rather than you know the big brute game that he'd been playing since he got into this league. Uh, he got his speed back, his agility was back, and at the start of the year when this team was really hurting, he was winning games for them, and the other guy that was stealing games for them was Braden Holpe, and those two guys were able to you know, do what they could to keep this team at about par, until they got things figured out and started getting these four rookies to start playing important minutes and do smart things out there and figure out what was wrong. And they kind of had a little bit of a hangover. They were somewhat, uh, I'm not sure what you, word I can use, but they were pretty upset coming in this season. There was a lot of blame going around, maybe the coaching staff, the players were upset with you know maybe some of the guys that were playing, and they're a little bit upset at how things went. And... They got over that, and they just started to battle it out. And I think the, the implementation of rookies and then a couple of key pickups just at around the trade deadline with uh, Michael Kempney and Jacob Yarabek, two guys, 27 years old, Czechoslovakian players, whose teams let them go basically because they were over 25 and they were going to go with the youth movement in Montreal in Yarabek's case. And, and uh, uh, Kempney in Chicago, where they were starting to add younger players. So the Caps were lucky to get them. They the record's been way better with those two guys in here. They've kind of calmed things down in the defensive zone. But I look at that as just a feistier team that they've had than they've had in the past. The other, the last few years, the roster was a little too good where they could cruise in in February, March, and April, not worry about losses, be somewhat complacent, somewhat arrogant, somewhat cocky. And I think that caught up to them in, in the playoffs because they had a bad first round each of the last two years. We're joined by Al May out of NBC Washington. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. You went that whole way and never mentioned Philip Grubar. He is pushing Braden Holtby, isn't he? Well, he is, and I expect him to be the starter in the playoffs because wow. he's just been too good. And you know, and I always say that you know, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you've got to do make tough decisions as a coach. And I think right now, Philip Grubauer, and I love Braden Holpe. I love the way he's played. In six years here, he's had six bad weeks the entire time, and that was all this year. And I, I think there was some frustration boiled up with, within him, but Philip Grubauer was absolutely pitiful the first six weeks of the season. And his record was 0-5-1. and His goals against was up near 4-something. His, his save percentage was in the low to medium eights. And he's battled back, and he's got a respectable goals against average now. He's got a respectable save percentage, the best in the National Hockey League since uh, December 1st or mid-November. And uh, he, he's on the winning side now with, with his record. He had to battle back, battle hard, and uh, he's stolen. A lot of the wins that he's got has been amazing. And, you know, I, I did overlook him. I should have mentioned him, but I, I was looking at the start of the year when this team was really suffering. Uh, that was Ovechkin and Holpe, but down the stretch here, it's really been all about Philip Grubauer coming in and 
Hope he had to take a mental health break for a couple of weeks and get his game back. And Grubauer uh, filled in so well. Uh, but I honestly think after what I saw in Pittsburgh this past Sunday night that Philip Grubauer should be the starter. It, it, I would say that's supposed to be a tough decision. But in, in my mind, it's now an easy decision because he's been so good. And uh, if you want to win the Cup and you want to do well in the playoffs, coaches make tough decisions. Who goes in, who goes out, what the line matchups are. And you can't worry about hurting feelings. You've got to worry about winning Stanley Cups. Uh, what's the, the story that uh, Rod Phillips used to tell me all the time about when Andy Moog started and Gary Edwards uh, was the, one of the goaltenders with the Oilers and he told Glenn Sather against Montreal, it's the worst decision you've ever made. <laughs> Andy Moog stood on his head. <laughs> Two games in Montreal, Gretzky helped. He had, like, uh, as I recall, I think Wayne had uh, six points in the first two games, but uh, I digress. Uh, Al May joining us. Al, doesn't it really come down a list for a while? Well, first of all, I mean, it, it comes down to getting past the second round for the Washington Capitals. That's part one. And part two, do they have a team that they would prefer to match up with in the opening round? Uh, unfortunately, all these teams look really good right now, but I would have to think uh, Philadelphia Flyers might be their kryptonite right off the bat because of all the teams that Philip Grubauer played this year, his last two inside Philly, he led in 13 goals, eight in one game, uh, five in another, and uh, they seem to have his number. So, if, you know, if you're going to go against Flyers, it's going to have to be Holtby and Air, who has a very good record. But I, I would think New Jersey would be the, the, the first preference, and then it would be Columbus. And you just think of Columbus because of not having those pure snipers. And the last team you want to face, of course, is the Pittsburgh Penguins because of how fast they play. But you know, there's still a chance, a good chance that that could happen. And the Caps have finally uh, listened to my my prayers and me begging not to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, and play the Pittsburgh style, which is end-to-end hockey, creating odd man rushes, playing a speed game. They went in there the other night and they played a little bit of 90s Devils hockey where they clogged up the middle of the ice. They had five guys and they were just opportunistic and waiting for goals. So, you know, this could be the year that they finally figure out you can't pound the Penguins into the ice. You've got to play them smart. You've got to be boring. You've got to be patient. And you have half a chance of beating that team. And, you know, they, they did a really good job this past Sunday night. And they had some different guys in the lineup. And uh, so right now, you've got to beat the best to, to get far anyways. But I, I would have to say in this long-winded, long-winded answer of mine, it would have to be New Jersey first, Columbus second. Has Taylor Hall been the best player in the Eastern Conference this year? Because you just mentioned the impact of what Ovechkin's meant for Washington. Yes, he has. It's been absolutely and utterly amazing. And, you know, I've always loved the way this kid, the way this kid plays. He played so fast, and I never felt that he had the right kind of coaching at Edmonton. Neither did a lot of the young guys, because I always felt their puck management decisions were, were weak, and that had gone on for maybe a decade, the way they were playing there. And You know, there were a couple of cult- culprits when he first got there, veteran players, and as they moved around the league, they were still making the same mistakes of giving the puck away high in the offensive zone. And I think finally, you know, with New Jersey not being a media hotbed as far as the National Hockey League is concerned, there was no noise with him. He was just able to play hockey, had a great relationship with his coach, and every game he's a threat. He plays within their system. Uh, he's making great decisions with the puck. Uh, when he does get rid of it, it's more about a management thing, not a hoper. And uh, he's been dialed in all season long. And he's grooving at the right time. Right now, he's hot. He's skating as fast as I've ever seen him skate. And if he stays healthy, you know, that, that's still a dangerous, dangerous team. They've, had, they've been blessed by the rules this year as well with the rule enforcement early because they have so many youngsters that can scoot. 
And uh, no one's as fast as Taylor, but all the additions they added this year were guys that could get up and ice up and down the ice very well. And uh, he's the best of them. Well, Jesper Bratt was expected to play for the London Knights this year, but the game going the direction that it's gone has changed the complexion on a bunch of different things. Uh, I got to think if Nate McKinnon in Colorado doesn't get in, I think. And and you know what? You can make a, an argument given the point separation between uh, Taylor and Nico Heischer which is, geez, it's got to be over 30-point separation there, as opposed to Colorado, where Ranton's an 80-point player. You know, you got Landeskog high 50s. You got Tyson Berry, who's in his high 50s. I mean, Taylor really is completely driving that train in New Jersey right now. It's been impressive to watch. Yeah, you know what? And this is the first year in a long time. I don't think it's an easy yep. uh, vote as to pick who it is because, you know, what I've seen Evgeny Malkin do this year has been spectacular. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure how many votes a McKinnon would get from the Eastern Conference outside of the, the guys up in the Toronto area. Um, and I, I just think there, there's probably five or six guys. I would say Ovechkin's got to be in that category for what he's done for this team. At his age, to lead the league in goals right now with 46 uh, has it, been phenomenal because everyone probably thought he was going to be lucky to get 30 this year, and he's led basically the goal-scoring department from start to finish. Uh, line A in Winnipeg. A lot of people have, have loved watching him play out in the Eastern Conference as far as, you know, he's the one guy out there that they're always paying attention to and, you know, being a legitimate goal scorer. So I, I just think uh, there's probably five or six guys that you could group in there and it, it'll be somewhat shocking as to who wins it this year. Well, you didn't even mention McDavid. He's leading the league in scoring. So there you go. Well, and I'm already, you know what, one, I guess I'm swayed there. I love McDavid and I honestly think, uh, you know, you take out the, the playoff factor, and I honestly believe he's the best player in the league. He's yep. the most valuable. I think they need to change the wording on this thing because I'm tired of the pundits arguing about it as to the letter of the law, which is a bunch of garbage in the first place. But, you know, who is the most exciting player in the National Hockey League? Who's the best individual player in the National Hockey League? That's Taylor Hall. To me, that's the MVP, the guy that's the best player in the league. And uh, he is incredibly valuable to his team. And you look, his team hasn't been, they didn't ice a team this year that was good enough to make the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, you look at all the guys that they have in Colorado, uh, Rantanen, all these players that have had a very good salt Landeskog, and you go through a lot of these players, you know, they've had great seasons, and they've all stepped up, and they've played a great style. I think their coach should be mentioned if they make the playoffs. As probably not mentioned, I, I think Jared Bednar should be the coach of the year because that was a team that everyone had picked to be, you know, looking for a lot of... A- ahead of Gerard Gallant? I honestly believe Gerard Gallant was given, uh, you know, what, what they were able to do and how they were able to pick that roster. I, I would say Jared Bednar because no one expected that. No one expected Gerard Gallant. But when you look at the roster that he was given... You know, a lot of teams would say, look, there's a lot of really good hockey players here. We've just been brainwashed into thinking that an expansion team could never make the playoffs and have this type of a season. But they were also paid $500 million to get a crack at a pretty good roster. And I would think when Seattle comes in, you could, if the Vegas Golden Knights were to win the Cup, you could probably charge the Seattle squad a billion dollars to get a franchise because it looks like you, you could build a Stanley Cup franchise right off of an expansion roster. Yeah, that's incredible. It's been amazing. Al, great stuff. We're going to hook up again in a couple of weeks, okay? 
Yep, thanks for having me, Bob. Take care. You bet. That's Al May. Uh, briefly at Edmonton Oilers, played over 400 games in the NHL. He was tough, willed himself to the National Hockey League. When we come back in Oilers now, we're going to get to some Westlock Ford Texts at 6.30, 6.30. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 126 in Edmonton. Let's get to some Westlock Ford Texas, 630, 630. From Buffalo Lake, Bill says, Bob, I have coached and put players in the NHL. Good players make good coaches. Nothing wrong with Edmonton's coach. Retrieve some of the players that have been moved out of that group uh, and or uh, upgrade what's here. Away you go. And he says, scary how uh, McDavid and Hall could have been together. Well, I, I'm not, you know what, I've I got no problem if Taylor Bill, if uh, Taylor Hall wins the MVP, I think it would be great for him. He deserves it. And uh, there you go. Another text says, Bob Connor McDavid deserves it. Wake up. People are so fickle. Another texter says, give Taylor Hall a 4.9. Suddenly you guys are hugging his tree excessively. You can text us at 630-630. Our trivia question, by the way, name the player that uh, Steve Stales was traded to Calgary for in the because it was a pick as well. It went the other way. Uh, the answer was Aaron Johnson. Who won trivia? Corey. Corey is the winner in trivia at 630-630. And Oilers GM corrected me, says, Bob, Yaroslav Spashik was a left-shooting defenseman playing the right side, not a right-shooting D-man. Thank you for that clarification. Much appreciated. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll get to more text, tweets, and emails coming up, as well as Emmanuel Vivrios, the head coach and general manager of the Swift Current Broncos. They've advanced to the second round of the playoffs. So we'll talk to Manny about Stuart Skinner and about what will be uh, probably the premier WHL playoff matchup this year. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.